I'm in business this morning. <laughs> I'm getting free, and then I'm going to give it some. Um, I'm going to preach hard. If we can close that door, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, I'm going to teach you this morning. I'm going to give you meat. Um, if you're someone that's been craving meat, I believe this is going to be a message for you. It's not a baby message. This is for the mature. Um, and I want to teach you, I've got 13 pages of notes, which for me is like, I've got notes coming out of my ears. I've got 41 slides, um, all which is Bible. I make no apologies for that. Um, I believe that the word carries power. The word carries weight. And um, I, I really want to take you on a journey this morning. And as I was preparing this message, I felt dynamite power upon this teaching. I believe it is a, a teaching that will create a response in the realm of the spirit. And I'm not just talking about a heavenly response, but I'm also talking about a demonic response. It, it's, it's a message that exposes darkness. Are you ready for it? If you want a title this morning, it's this. It's the hosts of heaven. The hosts of heaven. Let me start with a prophetic declaration this morning. I believe that heaven's angels are being released into our midst. I believe angels are coming. I believe that angels are being released on assignment. What are the hosts of heaven they are the angelic army of God, and Jesus is the Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of heaven's army. And God is releasing this angelic army into the earth at this time, and they are being released to bring in the harvest. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus is coming again. Maranatha, even so, Lord, come. Come, Lord Jesus. And I believe that there is an acceleration for these end times. And God is releasing his angels to accelerate his purposes in these end times. Do you believe that? Let me start by saying you are not supposed to worship angels. Who knows that to be the case? Every time an angel showed up, it would say, don't worship me. Our worship is not to angels. However, can I tell you as believers, we are not to ignore angels. They are very much a part of the spiritual realm of God, of the kingdom of God, that the angelic host is a very real, a very relevant aspect to God's kingdom today in 2019 on the earth. And as believers, we can't walk around unaware of God's plan for this nation and for us as believers at this time. Don't be in awe. Don't worship them. But they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister on behalf of the saints. Now, I believe prophetically that there has been three major events that have taken place uh, recently for us as a nation. If you want, I'm going to call it Brexit, Megxit, and Erexit. What do you mean Erexit? Well, in Iran, an evil general was taken out. In Megxit, a prince chooses to leave the country. And in Brexit, we have taken ourselves out of under 
a, a leadership that was not our own and brought ourselves back into independence. I believe all three aspects of this are a prophetic picture of what God is doing in the heavens over this nation at this time. Okay, hold that thought. We're going to come back to it. Psalm 104 verse 1 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, who covers yourself with light as with a garment, who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters, who makes his clouds his chariot, who walks on the wings of the wind, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. You can't kill an angel. Angels don't get sick. Angels are spirits. They are spiritual beings. Can I tell you that you are spirit living in a body? You are not just the body you see in the mirror. That is not who you are. That is just the casing for who you are. You are a spiritual being dwelling inside of a physical body. And the devil can steal our bodies, but he'll never take our spirits. That's a good place to amen. Death is defeated on the cross. Why? Because when we die, we will not perish, but we will rise again and we will be given new bodies in a new heaven and a new earth. You are eternal. The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And that isn't just believers, that is every single being. Because every single being is spirit and is eternal. The question remains whether they will bow their knee in this life and spend eternity in heaven. Or whether they will choose to rebel and spend eternity away from God, hell. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says this. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels. This is Jesus. As he has by inheritance opened, obtained a more excellent name than they. Next slide. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. And he says this, but to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Let me ask you a question. Who here is going to inherit salvation? Every single one of us. What does that scripture say? Talking about angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? What's it saying? It's saying that angels' purpose on this earth at this time is to minister to us as believers who will inherit salvation. I think that's pretty cool. Let's keep going. Joshua 5. 
says this, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite with him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandals off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. This angel of the Lord appears to Joshua in the midst of the battle. Can I tell you this angel is not a ministering spirit? This angel is the pre-incarnate Christ. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? I know that because Joshua fell on his face and worshipped and the angel did not stop him. If it was not God himself, then he would have said, stop, don't worship me, worship the Lord. And so this was the pre-incarnate Christ. Christ is before the beginning and the end. I've not got it in my notes, but let me show you it this way as well. Exodus chapter 3. Moses sees the burning bush. You all remember the story. Can I tell you in verse 3, it says that an angel appeared from the bush. Who knows, that was not an angel. That was the pre-incarnate Christ. Because it says in the next verse that God spoke from the bush. Can I tell you, Meshach, Abednego, three men in the fire, what did they see? They saw a fourth man in that fire. Can I tell you that was not an angel? That was the pre-incarnate Christ. Who knows, he is outside of time. He steps into time. Whoa. And just like his predecessor, Moses, Moses is now dead. He has his burning bush moment with the angel of the Lord. Now Joshua is having his experience with this commander of the Lord's army, Jesus, pre-incarnate. He says, take off your shoes. Wouldn't it be so awesome if God showed up so powerfully in this place that some people had to take their shoes off? Wouldn't it be so awesome if, if the angel of the Lord stood in our midst that we said, whoa, this is a holy place. Mashetiki. There is a root cause of unrest in the world. There's a root cause to wars. There's a root cause to troubles in family, turmoil in the land. And I want to tell you the root cause is rebellion. It's rebellion against the righteous rule of God. It's rebellion against the throne of God. It's rebellion against those who would do right and those who would live right. You know, a tree has three parts. It has a trunk, it has branches, and it has roots. Now, most people look at the branches. It's the branches, whether they're displaying fruit or leaves. Um, but, but the issue is not the branches. The issue is the roots. You can cut the branches off, but who knows, that tree will still grow back. Because unless you go to the roots, 
you will not deal with the issue. Too often when we are preaching, we are trying to cut branches. When Jesus wants us to deal with roots. John the Baptist said this, he said, And now the axe is laid to the root. Matthew 3 verse 10, it's talking about this. He says, even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Indeed, I baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus has come to deal with the root problem. He's come to bring the axe to the root. He doesn't want to go after the branches. He wants to dig up the roots. And when we move into sin so comfortably, the often the root issue is a rebellious heart. When we've grown cold, the issue is rebellion dwelling in our heart. Can I tell you, I'm sorry, most people in church, they want us to preach the branches. They don't want us to preach about the root. But something inside of us has to say, we've got to go to the root. We've got to go to the real issue. And the issue is, am I in rebellion towards God? We need the Holy Ghost and fire. Isaiah 57 says this. It says, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near, says the Lord And I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea. When it cannot rest. Whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace. Says my God for the wicked. Can I tell you that I believe that darkness is coming upon this world. Like we have never seen before. Rebellion will rise in people's hearts like we have never seen before. And there will be no peace in this world while people are at enmity with God. The seas will rage. The the rebellion will become like a violent sea of unrest. When the Antichrist comes, he will be the personification of a rebellious spirit. That is who he is. He is the man of perdition. He is the man of rebellion and iniquity in the form of a man. And that is when the tribulation will begin. Now, I truly believe as believers that we will be out of here before the tribulation begins. I believe that the rapture will take place and we're out of here. Now, if you want to hang around for the tribulation, feel free. But when I hear that trumpet sound, come on, I'm going up. I'm like, let's go, Jesus, Superman style. Woo! I'm ready. I'm ready for him to return. My spirit is crying out, even so, come, Lord Jesus. You better live ready. I told you, he could come back tonight. Wouldn't that be awesome? Some of you are like, I've got plans, Pastor. There'll be no better place when you get up there. 
But where did rebellion come from? This rebellion did not start on the earth. This rebellion started in heaven. It did not start with a human. It started with an archangel. Lucifer alienated a group of angels under his leadership before he turned on the human race. Lucifer did his damage in heaven and that is where it all started. There was no sin in heaven up until that point. And there were created beings that were created for his purpose. But this beautiful angel that he created was one of the free leaders in the heavenlies. There was three archangels, Lucifer, Gabriel, and Michael. There may be more, but we know from Scripture that these three were God's warrior angels. They were even more beautiful than the rest of the angels. In fact, Lucifer's name means light bearer, light carrier. And we know from Scripture that he had tablets and pipes and evidently was in control of some of the music that took place in heaven. Some people preached Lucifer was a worship leader. I can't prove that from Scripture, but there was certainly an indication that, 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 that he was talented in this way. But something got in his heart. Hear me this morning. He had giftings that drew attention. He was beautiful. He was called son of the morning. He was talented and charismatic, but something got in his heart where rebellion began to rise up. And Satan turned his attention on the human race and through Adam brought rebellion on the human race. All of mankind through Adam and Eve fell under the curse of rebellion through Satan. But can I tell you that God had already set in motion his plan for redemption. That before the beginning of time, God knew you. Before he formed you, he knew that he would redeem you. You have been predestined to come into his purposes. Oh, hallelujah. But at the end of this age, everything will come to a stop. Everything will come to the fullness. It will be that rebellion reaches its fullness upon the earth. It will be the culmination of rebellion that brings about the judgment of God. Are you hearing me this morning? And Satan will be cast out of the second heaven where he dwells and he will come down to the earth. He has already been cast out of the third heaven. And he now operates in the realm of the second heaven. It's where spiritual battles take place. But he will be cast down to the earth. Revelation 12.12 says, Woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath because he knows he has a short time. When the church has gone, he will actually make his home here on the earth. A third of those evil angels will work their evil deeds with the people who are left behind after the rapture. And there will be rebellion on the earth like there has never been before. 
The only thing holding this back is the church, is the Holy Spirit, is heaven's angels. But when we are caught up with him, there will be nothing to stop the sea of rebellion taking over the earth. Are you hearing me this morning? And Jesus will return to deal with this rebellion on the earth and he will return on a white horse and we will ride with him. Yeah. We won't have to fight because he is capable to deal with it all on his own. But we will ride with the armies of heaven. And we will come back and we will see him bring victory on the earth. And he will establish a new heavens and a new earth. And at this point, God will lay the axe to the root of all rebellion. Can I tell you, God will not allow rebellion to come into the new heavens. He had it once. He will not let it come again. And can I tell you, church, that you need to lay the axe to the root of any rebellion inside of you. You need to take the axe to its root, even now. Don't wait till it's too late. But take your axe and say, I will deal with any rebellion in my heart towards God. And I will line my life up with heaven's values and heaven's ways. And I will deal with my rebellious heart. Isaiah 45 says this, For thus says the Lord who created the heavens. Heavens. Everyone say plural. Plural. It means there's more than one heaven. Who is God? Who formed the earth? What is that? Singular. There's more than one heaven, but there is one earth. In fact, we know from Scripture there are three heavens. The heavens over our head. This is the realm where aeroplanes fly. It's where spaceships go up. That's the first heaven. But there is an unseen realm, which is the second heaven. The second heaven is where Satan operates from. It's where his minions affect the people of the earth. His network and his ranks of darkness attack from this realm that we call the second heavens. Can I tell you that the demonic is highly organized? They have rank and they have order and they have discipline in their orders. It's an army of wickedness. Ordered and constructed by the devil. Because he used his influence to bring rebellion into the hearts of everyone under him. We know there's a third heaven. Apostle Paul said this in 2, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2. He said, have we got that one? If not, is it 2 Chronicles chapter 2? What's the next slide? Just go to the next slide for me. We know in the book of Corinthians, when the Apostle Paul, he said this, you'll remember it. He said... I heard of a man, I'm not going to boast about it, but I heard of a man who was caught up where? Third heaven. Third heaven. What was he talking about? He was talking about the realm where God dwells. And so I want you in your mind to get this picture as we just 
developed this thought. The first heavens are this realm, this, this realm that we dwell inside of, that we see. The second heaven is this spiritual realm where there are battles. It's where the demonic influence takes place. But there is a third heaven, which is where God dwells on his throne and he has dominion and power. Are you hearing me? 2 Chronicles chapter 2, Solomon, the wisest man ever was. He says this, And the temple which I build will be great for our God, is greater than all gods. But who is able to build him a temple or a house? Since heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. He was saying there's a heaven and there is a heaven of heavens. There's two realms to the heavenlies. He said, who am I then that I should build him a temple except to burn sacrifice before him? He was saying, actually, there is no point building God a house because God is bigger than the house. It's only going to be to burn sacrifices. It, it was a very wise statement that he was making. Okay. Let's keep building upon this thought. The Apostle Paul outlines... The governmental structure of heaven in the book of Colossians. And the Apostle Paul taught not from education, but he taught from revelation. He talked from his experience with God. His teachings were revelatory. They were directly from heaven to us. And he says this. He says, this is the structure and order of heaven. It's in Colossians 1, 16. It's this slide. It says, he is the Im image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And in this text, he breaks down the structure of God's kingdom, and he shows it in four ways. Number one, there are thrones. Number two, there are dominions. Number three, there are principalities. And number four, there are powers. Now Paul, again, writing in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, explains to us the demonic structure. And here's what he writes. He, he writes, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. Now watch this. He breaks down heaven's structure and he breaks it down into two parts. What are they? Principalities and powers. Spiritual darkness and all the rest of it. That's underneath powers. So here's what Paul showed us through these two things. He showed us that heaven has a structure, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers. But here's the powerful truth for you. The devil cannot access thrones and dominions. He only moves in the area of principalities and powers. Why? Because thrones and dominions are in the third heaven and he has only access into the second heavens. Yeah, come on. What is a principality? It's a prince who rules over an area. You want understanding, look at a principal of a school. He is a principal. He establishes the order and the rule. 
And so the devil has demonic principalities where he influences areas by his rule. Where does this take place? In the second heavens. But can I tell you the devil has no access to the third heaven. He has no access to the thrones of God. He has no access to the dominions of God. Oh, I tell you, I'm not going to ever be worried because he is seated on his throne and he will always rule and reign. We, we are not in a battle to see who's going to win. He has already won. We're in a battle to see his kingdom established. You say, well, Pastor John, I thought there was only one throne, God's throne. No thrones. Who knows that Jesus sits at the right hand of God? And can I tell you, my Bible tells me that I am seated in the heavenly places, that there is a throne for me in the third heavens where I can sit with God. We have dominion. We have authority. But there is something that needs to be established in the second heavens where we see principalities and powers brought down so that God's principalities and powers can be established on the earth. This is how we experience revival. When we begin to wage war through prayer and worship and allow the heaven's host to bring victory in the second heavens so that we see his kingdom established over the region. I'm preaching better than you're amen me right now. Satan can only influence lower than him. When pride and rebellion entered his heart, he was cast from the third heaven to the second heaven. And all those under his influence went with him. What are demons? Demons are fallen angels. They are angels that have chosen to allow rebellion into their hearts. They are the powers that he talks about, principalities and powers. That's the angelic realm. However, they have lined themselves up with Satan's influence as opposed to God. The throne of God is sure and steadfast and his dominion is certain. He rules over all and he is above all. The only rule that Satan has influence over is the realm of principalities and powers under his control. Let me say this, Jesus and Lucifer do not compare. That There is no comparison. You sometimes see this little fight, Jesus and the devil having a fight. There is no fight, there is no comparison. Lucifer is a created being, he is an angel. Jesus is God, the creator. That there is no wrestle in heaven. There's going to be a wrestling. If it's going to be a match, it's, it's between an archangel and the devil. It's, it's Gabriel and Michael versus the devil. It's not Jesus. It's not God. Mashi. It's like a lion and a pussycat. That's what he is. Jesus, he, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Sorry. Devil don't like me preaching like this. Lucifer is the creator. Jesus is the creator. Lucifer is an equal with Gabriel and Michael. Jesus is a whole different level. 
Isaiah 14 says this, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, watch this, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. What were the stars of God? That's the other archangels. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. He was after power. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Five proud, arrogant, rebellious statements. I will, I will, I will. And what happens to him? It says, yet you'll be brought down to Sheol, hell. To the lowest depths of the pit. Five steps up and cast straight down. Let me compare this with Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 says this. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation took the form of a bondservant and came in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Five steps down. And look at what happens. Therefore, ha, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Therefore God has also highly exalted him. And given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Lucifer, Satan, he says, I will, I will, I will. Five steps up and he's cast down. And Jesus comes and says, I will serve, I will die, I will lay myself down. And he is raised up. Come on, are you catching this this morning? Satan says, I will go up. He comes down. Jesus says, I will go down. And he's brought up. Jesus took upon himself the lowest form and God exalted him. When Lucifer was in heaven, he failed to prove himself. He tried to take it for himself and he ended up with nothing. Philippians 2.3 says this, it says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Can I say it this way to you this morning? The way up is the way down. The way up is the way down. If you want to take things for yourself, I tell you, you're only heading in one direction. But if you will lower yourself in due time, he will raise you up. Luke 14, 11 puts it this way. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. All that people, they may look good for a little while. But I tell you, if you put yourself in that position, you only have one destination you will end up. And that's down. 
Oh, they may look like they've got it all together, but I tell you, if they are raising themselves up, I tell you, I get scared when I see people blowing their own trumpet saying, look at what I've done. Aren't I amazing? I tell you, there's only one route for you from that place. You're better off just saying, I'll keep quiet. I'll keep humble. Why? Because then God will lift you up. Yeah, good place to clap. Come on. Ezekiel 28, talking again about the devil. He says, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings, that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Can I tell you that Satan still trades? He still sells. What does he sell? He sells lies. He sells rebellion. He is the devil. He is Diablos, the deceiver, the slanderer, the false accuser. And Satan sold a lie to a third of the angels in heaven. He convinced them that this is what they should do, worship him. And he he deceived them and they fell. And can I tell you, he still sells a lie to mankind. That they are under a veil, they are under darkness because they are purchasing what he is trading. We see the seed of rebellion in Absalom. 2 Samuel chapter 15, it says this, and this, it happened that Absalom provided himself with chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. Now Absalom would rise early and stand beside the way to the gate. So it was whenever anyone who had a lawsuit came to the king for a decision, that Absalom would call to him and say, what city are you from? And he would say, your servant is from such and such a tribe of Israel. And then Absalom would say to him, look, your case is good and right, but there is no deputy of the king to hear you. Moreover, Absalom would say, oh, that I were made judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me, then I would give him justice. And so it was that whenever anyone came near to bow down to him, that he would put out his hand and take him to kiss him. In this manner, Absalom acted toward all Israel who came to the king for judgment. And so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. He sowed rebellion and he reaped a trade, a harvest, Can I tell you the devil is still sowing the seeds of rebellion? I don't know if you're catching the message. I'm I'm still building. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. And this world is in darkness because they have been taught rebellion and convinced of this is a way of life. But my Bible tells me that divine intervention is on its way. Can I tell you there is breakthrough over the darkness of the people. And Lucifer is the prince of the power of the air. 
What does it mean? It means that, that signals are coming out. Even through our news, even through our TVs, even through radio, the devil is sowing the seeds of rebellion. But I've got news for you. My Bible says, Isaiah chapter 60, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But, everyone say but. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Can you say amen to that? Keep layering with me. You all right to give me a bit longer? You getting revelation? Can I tell you the Holy Spirit is a comforter. The Holy Spirit is a guide. I will never diminish my relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is everything to me. He's my best friend. He is the one I walk with. He is everything. But Peter preached on the day of Pentecost... And the Holy Spirit fell. But when Peter was in prison, it was not the Holy Spirit who got him out of prison. Yeah. There are some things that the Holy Spirit does not do, but the angels will bring into your life. The Holy Spirit did not release him from the prison. An angel was sent that brought him out of prison. Can I tell you that angels are heaven's muscles? The angels are the muscle of heaven to bring about what God wants to bring about on the earth. And there are some things you are not going to get just by being in the Spirit. But you need the angels of heaven to be released into your situation to bring about the victory. I told you it's meat this morning. Man, I feel I'm getting blessed myself. I need some muscles. Anyone need some heaven muscles in this place? Hallelujah. Acts chapter 12 says this, Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did, and he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, and it opened to them on its own accord. Ah, uh, the iron gate to the city. I want you to see the prophetic picture of what was being proclaimed. I told you the things that happen in the natural are a prophetic picture of what is taking place in the spirit. And supernaturally, the gate to the city was opened by an angel. 
Can I tell you there are some things that we cannot break through in, in our own strength, but heaven's muscles can just do in a split second. We said it before, the barriers are being broken, things are being opened, but can I tell you it's because angels are being released into our midst. And we can be so earthly minded, that situation may look bleak, it may look dark, But can I tell you, when heavenly muscles step into the room, all things are possible. I don't care what your prison looks like. I don't care what the gates look like. Angelic hosts can bring a breakthrough. And he says, now I know for sure the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me. I'm beginning to wrap up. I'm nearly there. Angels lend their power to leaders and believers who are committed to doing God's will. And can I say this? They also take out leaders who are opposed to God's will. Israel was in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. Israel was in Egyptian bondage for 400 years. But in Babylon, they served under uh, some kings called Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. In fact, Belshazzar, that was the the writing on on the wall. You know, many, many, Temis, Sabakal, whatever it was, basically said, you're dead, dude. That's what the writing said. You are in trouble. But God raises up another king called Cyrus. And King Cyrus was a Gentile king. He was not a Jew. But yet, because of his actions, the favor of God comes on his life. To the point that King Cyrus releases God's people to go rebuild. In fact, he doesn't just let them go. He pays for them to be able to rebuild Jerusalem and the walls of Jerusalem. Daniel 10, verse 1. In the third year of King Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshar, slightly different than the other dude. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Uphaz, whose body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Whoa. Who knows who this is? Pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. In fact, this is the same Jesus we see in the book of Revelation. Eyes burning like fire. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell on them. 
Wouldn't it be so awesome if we had such a supernatural experience with God that people around us began to tremble under the fear of the Lord? Ha. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision and no strength remained in me. For my vigor was turned to frailty in me and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Angelic activity supporting the rule of a king who was not Israel, but who was lined up with God's purposes. Let me give you the other side. Skip that bit. Let, let, let me say this on there, though. We, we know it goes on that the angel says, from the first day I was coming to you, but I had to wrestle the prince of Persia. Who, 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 where is Persia today? Persia is Iran. Let that sink in. Told you. God's speaking to us prophetically of what he's doing in the nation. An evil general in, Duran, in, in Iran is taken out. A prince leaves the nation. And the nation comes out from under rule elsewhere into independence. All three things are a prophetic picture of a shift that's taken place over the nation in the realm of the heavenlies. Come on, are you hearing me? Wow. Next one. Acts chapter 12. I told you, I'm going to give you the opposite. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. And then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. <laughs> Can I tell you, you better be careful what you say. Angels are watching. Angels, the walls have ears. There are angels in this realm. And here's the truth. Rebellion, pride, arrogance. He struck down. Humility, lining himself up with heaven. And the angelic hosts fight on his behalf. Are you hearing the message this morning? This is what I hear from the Lord, that it's time for us to walk humbly. Micah 6 verse 8 says this, He showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Matthew 20 verse 27 says, Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Luke 14, 11, For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Luke 18, 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, the angel appears to Joshua. Worship team, if you come. 
the angel appears to Joshua. And Joshua says to the angel, he says, whose side are you on? And the angel's like, really? Whose side am I on? It's the angel of the Lord. And when Joshua realized, he realized, hey, this angel's not coming to be on my side, but I'm getting on the angel's side. I want to ask you a question. Whose side are you on? Are you on the side of rebellion and pride or on the side of grace and humility? Pride will kill you. Rebellion will destroy you. But humility will raise you. 1 Peter 5, verse 5 says this. It says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the spirit of revelation that's in this place today. We thank you for meat. But Lord, I'm after the root inside of us today. And Father, I pray that you go after the root of any rebellion inside of us, anything that opposes your ways, anything that fights against you inside of us. We said early on in the series that the wrestle is inside of us. And so Lord, I pray that we'd wrestle with rebellion in our hearts this morning. That we would humble ourselves under your mighty hand. That in due season you would raise us up. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. This is holy ground. I'm standing on holy ground. For the Lord is here. And where he is, is holy. This is holy ground. I'm standing on holy ground. For the Lord is here. And where he is, is holy. This is holy ground. I'm standing on holy ground. For the Lord is here and where he is, is I'm standing on holy ground for the Lord is here and
time. This is holy ground. We're standing on holy ground for the Lord is here and I believe for some, today is a burning bush. Today is an angelic encounter. And the Lord speaks from the midst of the fire. And he's saying, humble yourself. Humble yourself before me. You don't know everything. You don't need to know everything. Humble yourself. You don't need to think you know everything and you have it all worked out. Bend the knee. Worship him. Serve him. For he gives grace to the humble. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 